So I hope most of you have got your sheet of paper now which you can you know, use or not use. As you'll see, there's uh, some questions on it uh, as we look at faith. You can see from the screen, faith in today's sermon. So what big thing are you currently facing in life? Is there a difficult situation that you need God's help with? And then sort of a second part, how can you exercise faith in this situation? Do you need more wisdom or patience, ability to persevere, maybe an outright miracle? You might be filling that in already. You might know instantly, oh man, this is what I've got going on. Uh, you might be musing over it as I uh, talk, uh, you know, over the next 20 minutes uh, plus or so. You might be thinking, oh, that's, you know, God's spoken to you. That's challenged you and stirred you. And, and obviously, I hope that this helps you think about what is God saying to you, what is God calling you to at the moment to do or to persevere and to exercise faith in. Chris at the start said we're starting a new series, uh, Faith for the Journey on Abraham. This, if you like, is actually a bit of a prequel to it. It's actually not the, the full-blown thing yet. That starts in a couple of weeks after next week with Andy Martin coming and the, the, the service uh, there. So, um, and what we're going to be doing is looking at a, a, a chapter of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, which is all about faith. So the book of Hebrews is a New Testament book. It's a letter written to Christians. The Christians were, uh, had a lot going on in life. They were basically being persecuted for their faith. Life was pretty tough for them. Uh, and the author of the Hebrews book, we don't really know who it is, wrote to them to try and strengthen them and encourage them in their faith, to not give up on Jesus, to keep going for him. And Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter all about faith, and we'll look at the very, the opening verses in a second, and it, he uses lots of stories of, you might call them heroes of faith from the Old Testament to encourage the New Testament Christians. So the, uh, the book, the, the, the chapter opens up like this. So this is the first couple of verses of Hebrews chapter 11, the whole book to try and encourage Christians to keep going in their faith. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients being the Old Testament characters, some of whom we're about to look at, and it does include Abraham actually as well. He, he is included in today's sermon. So this is what the ancients were commended for. So as he opens up this encouragement to keep going for Christians who have got a lot going on in life, struggling, finding it hard. It says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about, about what we do not, assurance about what we do not see. It has both a future dimension to it and a now, now moment to it. Faith in the way the author of the Hebrews is describing it. Confidence in what we hope for. Christians obviously have a hope that one day everything will be right. It's not all right now, is it? Whether you read the news or in our own life, even our own selves, nothing, we're not, it's not perfect, is it? There's always something that could be improved on, something we're working on, some situation we're facing that is probably far from ideal. But we hope, we have a hope in Jesus because of what he's done on the cross, his resurrection, completing the work of God, restoration of all things under him, one day, everything will be put right under him and we will see it just like we see him now. Don't we? we can have an amen at that point. We have that hope. 
It's like, it's not always going to be like this. We're not always going to be having to persevere in faith in the way that we're doing now. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be magnificent. We're going to see God as he is. We're going to know as we fully know. We're heaven, it'll be affection, no tears, no, it's no death. We have a hope. And faith now, faith now is in part knowing that that's coming to keep you going. Always, it keeps you going. So when you're tempted to give up, when it's like it's becoming too much, you think it's not always going to be this way. It, it will all change one day. It will be wrapped up. And it keeps you going. It's a future dimension. And some of the heroes of faith we see, and that they, you can see them, if you like, operating along those lines, responding in that way. But it's more than just future. It's not, as people sometimes say, pie in the sky. It's, it's got a real now element to it. Our Christian faith... Walking with God should have a real now element to it. Assurance about what we do not see. So you're in a difficult situation. Something in life is not working that well. You want something to change. And it doesn't, what you can see doesn't look good. But you know, you know in faith that some of what you don't see is a good God, a Father who loves you, who you can trust completely and has plans for you to prosper and will care for you and faith strengthens you in that circumstance you can't see it but you have assurance in faith the situation looks bad we get tempted to say why would God do that what is God doing I don't get it but faith says no he's a good father I can trust him and you don't give up and you keep going and faith grows so future and now. So what I'd like to do is going to look at three Old Testament characters. Uh, I'm not sure how many there are in the, this whole chapter, um, but we're not going to go through all of them. It was Smith Wigglesworth's favourite chapter of the Bible, by the way, which just because he's a little bit of a hero of mine in that, I just thought I'd let you know that. But he liked this, for this chapter for stirring up faith, for living for God. So the ancients were commended for their faith. And the, Hebrew, the writer of the Hebrews is saying to, really, the Christians now... You can also be commended for your faith. And I suppose you might say that's an aim of today, that we would live lives that we can be commended for our faith. That God would say, well done, good and faithful servant to us. So Noah is the first character that we're going to come by verse 7. So obviously we've skipped a, a few. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Now Noah's a pretty well-known uh, Bible story, Noah and his ark. I'm, I'm assuming that most people are at least vaguely familiar with that, the, when God <laughs> sent the floods to destroy the world very early on in the book of Genesis. It's a very early story in the Bible. And he'd spoken to Noah beforehand, build the ark so that you and your family and two by two of all the animals can go inside it and be rescued and saved. And Noah did it. And the writer here is reflecting that. So you see, Noah heard what God said to him and he obeyed. There's something of faith and living for him. It's quite straightforward. You hear what God says and you obey. That's an act of faith, isn't it? God spoke to Noah quite clearly, uh, quite specifically. There was a thing he had to do, and he did it in faith, in the fear of God. He feared God more than he feared 
if you like, people's opinions around him, what others were saying about getting it wrong, have I heard from God correctly? He, in holy fear, in his faith, he did what God asked him to do, and he built this ark, the floods came, and he was saved. So the result was pretty good, wasn't it, for him in the end. And God wants us to hear from him and obey him in all manner of different situations in life. And maybe on your sheet you know that God's even spoken something quite specific to you. There's something you've got to do that maybe you don't quite want to do. It feels quite hard. Uh, you know, the, you might going to get some opposition to it. You feel that, you know, where it says Noah condemned the world in his actions, it probably creates a picture of there's some opposition he faced, some antagonism to what on earth are you doing? You know, he's living, he was a righteous man, everyone else around him wasn't living righteously, he was obeying God, no one else was obeying God, it was conflict, but in faith he kept going, he feared God more and he did it. And maybe you know there's something that God is calling you to do and you're wrestling with doing it because you know there's a sense of opposition and, uh, you know, and even have I heard God correctly and what's that going to look like for me? And faith, to strengthen your faith in that situation is to obey him, is to fear God more. You know what you're supposed to do, but you want faith to see it through to the end, to fear God and obey him first and foremost, to live your life for him and knowing that that's the right thing to do. So it might be very specific. It talks about here, uh, that he condemned the world and become righteousness, righteous that's keeping with faith. Uh, obviously, the, the message we have as Christians, Sharon alluded to earlier, is not to condemn the world now. Jesus said he'd come to save the world, not condemn it. But we know in part there's the message which is saying there's condemnation coming for those that don't turn to Jesus. And all of us, in faith, if you're a Christian, are called to tell people about Jesus and God wants us to do that. And that can be hard to do, can't it? And in holy fear, we want to be those that follow God and obey him in that way. So Noah, in his part of his life, he, he did it as a demonstration of what God was saying and God's salvation work there. And we're called to speak about Jesus in that way, uh, to tell people about Jesus. And uh, that can be really hard, can't it? Sometimes you get fearful. Sometimes you bottle it. Uh, sometimes the opposition's too strong. Uh, and yet we know we're called to do it. We want to grow in faith and do that. So there's Noah. Abraham. So here's Abraham. And in fact, Isaac and Jacob as well, kind of put in, in one section here. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he is looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. So again, all these guys heard God and obeyed. Uh, but they didn't, it didn't come to a definite conclusion. Noah built his ark and it all happened like God has spoken. It says in here, here and I think it's an amazing statement, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't accomplish the fullness of what God had spoken to them, what they'd seen, the inheritance of the land and all that they felt God promised. But it didn't mean that they were lacking faith. It didn't mean that it had gone wrong for them. It was just all part of God's bigger plan. 
and they were filled with faith and it had a real long-term goal. They didn't, it says, didn't even know quite where he was going, but he was still going in obedience. And I think how often does, in so many aspects of life, faith with God look a bit like that? We're following, but we don't quite know what we're doing. What, you know, what, is, the, what is God really saying in this situation? It's not specific. The challenges of faith are more general. They're, you know, it's longer term. It's vaguer. We wish it wasn't. We wish it was more specific and we could nail things and know exactly what we're supposed to do and accomplish. But we're called to persevere, aren't we? We're called not to give up, even when it's confusing, even when we're not sure, you know, decisions in life and think, I know I want to live my life for Jesus. What does he want me to do in this situation? What's the correct decision? Uh, you know, how's this work? And, but yet there's an element of faith that says, but I know I'm following God. I'm going to be obedient no matter what, even if it feels like it's not completely clear to me all of the time. And that future element of faith is in there. Abraham here was convinced he, he couldn't, it wasn't all happening for him there and then, but he knew he was about something that was bigger than just what he was doing, just like our lives should be as well. We're following the footsteps of these guys, the end of these verses say, following Jesus. And so we can have a long-term sense of living for faith and not giving up. And maybe on your sheet you're thinking, I'm not sure what real specific big faith challenge I've got at the moment, but there's some things I'm sort of pondering. I want to live my life well for Jesus, and I'm not even sure what that is exactly supposed to look like in every aspect. But you know that you want to persevere and endure and not give up and not lose faith in the ongoing sort of day-to-day things of life. Maybe even the drudgery of life but you want to stay faithful to Jesus and keep living for him. And maybe that's your sort of faith challenge. Subjects that you pray for are often like that. Jesus told us we should always pray and never give up. A real sense of endurance and perseverance and faith to keep going. Always pray, never give up. It's so simple and yet so hard, isn't it, to do as well. And what faith to keep going in our life for Jesus reflected in our prayer life. I just I th- I feel like in uh, th- the whole area of healing, so it's a specific, but the whole area of healing, we want to keep going as a church and myself as an individual and keep going for healing, want to keep believing God. How exactly am I supposed to grow in faith for healing? You know, praying for my own children and, and some of the illnesses we face there and the allergies. You think you keep going, you keep going. You're not sure what time what you're doing or how best to do it or how well I'm even walking with God in it, how faithful I'm being. But I don't want to give up. I want to keep persevering. Abraham, in this sentence, says he kept going. Uh, he made loads of mistakes, of course, and we'll hear about them in some of the next few weeks when we look at him more clearly from the chapters in Genesis where his story is told. He didn't get everything right by any means, but the Hebrew writer looks back and says, but basically he kept going, he did persevere. And so, you know, we make lots of mistakes, don't we? It doesn't always feel like we persevere that well or we walk by faith that well all the time, yet we can keep going and God is good and will pick us back up again and we don't have to give up. So it's Abraham, Isaac and Jacob Uh, And Moses, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God 
rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Sometimes the challenge of living as a Christian in faith is living as a Christian. Just following God in day-to-day life. Not getting drawn into things uh, that are going on around you in the world that you know is not what God's best is for you. Knowing that they're it's not good, they're not helpful. The temptations that the world has to offer, which are contrary to our faith, and which all of us, obviously, have been completely rooted in and still are dabbling with and looking to walk out of. The sins which we can get so easily entangled with, which this writer says in the next chapter. And by faith, Moses, though he didn't get everything right again, resisted some of that and the, the commendation of this Hebrew writer here says so he, he refused, he turned his back on some of the worldly things because he was doing it in faith because he wanted to follow God. He refused to be known as son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he had a, a real status um, that was the sort of royalty. He turned away a lot of privileges. You think, I, I'm not going to go that way. I know that's not faith and what God wants for me. Um, he rejected fleeting pleasures of sin. There's an enigmatic statement there, but I'm sure every imagination in the room can immediately think of what that could look like for them and the struggles and temptations we face, the fleeting pleasures of sin, but that Moses rejected. And he rejected um, treasures of Egypt as well, all that that had to offer. So that was what he was being tempted with, what was on the table for him. And he rejected it in faith and regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value. Which is a fascinating statement in that Jesus hasn't been born, uh, lived this earth, died and been resurrected yet. He was an Old Testament guy. Yet there's something of the, the revealing of God's plan to Moses that meant the Hebrew writer could describe that ultimately Moses was living for disgrace of Christ by joining with God's people in that day. It was all for Jesus. It was ultimately all for Jesus. It's a fascinating kind of statement. And it wasn't therefore that Moses as, as sort of willpower is, I'm going to resist those fleeting pleasures of sin. I'm going to resist them. I'm going to resist them. I'm going to resist them. He'd seen something greater. And that's the element of faith, I believe, in this. So he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value. He's done some sums and gone, I want what's best and of greater value. And you know what? Even disgrace for this chap is better than all these things. Even the disgrace is greater and better. That's faith. And for many of us in this room, we know that's true already. We, we, and we've had moments of victory in those ways Because we do want to live for Jesus, don't we? We have faith. We know he's changed his life and we love him. And we know he's given himself for us and we want to follow in those footsteps. Let's keep strengthening our faith to keep doing that. Um, You know, and, and keep turning our back on what we know is wrong. Living for him in faith. And maybe you might not have written down the fleeting pleasures of sin on your piece of paper for all to see or whatever. I doubt that's the case. But maybe you know this is really a particular challenge for you. So you're here in church on a Sunday, but the whole sense of what happens on Monday looks entirely different. And you know there's a sense in which your life doesn't look like what Moses managed to accomplish in faith by the grace of God there. 
Well, it can do. God loves you, is with you, is forgiving, he's merciful. Every one of us needs to learn from this and we all make mistakes. But maybe in your heart, you know, man, this is just, I just need to get the whole sense of my life more on the straight and narrow. It is in faith. I'm turning my back on so many things that I know are not good for me. Uh, and just, you say, just reassess again. Disgrace, even disgrace for Christ, is of greater value. That hope we have of what's to come, that faith will speak about into our hearts, means no, there's, it's all going to be wrapped up. It's all going to be for him one day. Why am, I, why am I dabbling in this stuff now? What's going on? It's, I'm going to get to a point. We're all going to get to a point. We're going to look back go, oh, my word. What was that? Look what, you know, look where we are now. Why did we ever muck about with so much of the stuff we end up mucking about with now? And uh, you might know that that's a clearly what God's saying to you, and for all of us, I believe, there's always things we can learn. It's, it's, it's not meant to be condemning. We can always go, what, what, what's our, you know, put the finger, what's not quite going right in life at the moment? It's always too easy to say that God wants to encourage us on. The whole reason this guy wrote this chapter was to encourage the Christians, to strengthen them, to keep them going. I hope that's what's coming across in your heart, even if you're feeling the, the sort of the, the finger of God on certain areas, because he wants to strengthen us and encourage us. So whether it's something specific that you know God's really speaking to you about, but it's challenging to do, you've got to build an ark of some kind, whether it's a whole sense of living life and persevering, maybe in certain areas, but you just want to keep going, you know, God's speaking about enduring and keeping going, whether it's turning your back on, you know, worldly things, fleeting pleasures of sin. I hope there's some food for thought there. What is a life of faith looking like for you at the moment and what's God challenging you about and speaking to you about? And how's he saying to us as a church, as together as a church, we want to move on in faith, in God's purposes. I'd just like to conclude with the, some of the verses at the end of chapter 11. So it's a, a longish uh, a longest passage, so the whole of Hebrews chapter 11, go home and read it. He's gone through various Hebrews, uh, uh, heroes of faith, excuse me, various he heroes of faith, different ways that their lives demonstrate faith. And he concludes with this. He says, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell. He's run out of time in this chapter. He thinks, I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There's some list of accomplishments, isn't it, of people living in faith and the victories they saw. And the, the writer's clearly done this deliberately. It's a whole thing. You might turn to the real positives of life, lived faith in God, and what we can accomplish. It should stir us and challenge us. But he doesn't stop there. You might say that uh, the other side of the same coin of a life lived by faith. He says, There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. 
They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. That's not such an attractive list, is it? Women receiving their, their, their dead back, raised to life again, or living in caves and holes in the ground. It's all sense of living in faith, whether good times or bad times, as we're often saying. The final verse, or two verses, sorry, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. We are called today to keep following Jesus living in the, same, in the footsteps of what has gone before. The next chapter starts a great cloud of witnesses and saying, ultimately, follow Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's what we want to do, isn't it? John Calvin, commenting the verses, said about these heroes, there was none of them whose faith did not falter. They weren't perfect. In every saint, there is always, some, always to be found something reprehensible. Quite a strong word, actually, not just a bit off. Always something reprehensible. Nevertheless, although faith may be imperfect and incomplete, it does not cease to be approved by God. There is no reason, therefore, why the fault from which we labour should break us or discourage us, provided we go on by faith in the race of our calling. We want to be those who are filled with faith, don't we? Individually, as a church, so we can have a sermon series looking at it in more detail uh, over the next few weeks starting a couple of weeks from Abraham and because uh, he's called the father of our faith and we want to be those that keep going with Jesus through thick and thin good times and bad times encouraging one another strengthening one another now I don't know if you've got something specific uh, on your sheet or a couple of sheets and you know hopefully it's maybe get you thinking and helped you processing what God is saying to you you can obviously take that home uh, and pray for that but I'm hoping that um, there are things that we are thinking, yes, I want more faith for in life. Uh, because I'd love us to pray now for each other. Um, so would you like to stand? I'm going to pray for us all. And then just encourage us to get in groups of twos and threes for a bit. We've got a little bit of time and to, uh, and to pray for one another. And Dan's got something he wants to share it as well before. And Dan, do you want to come and say that now then? Come up. So um, as we were worshipping, I just had a very clear picture of a roulette wheel. Um, one of those big kind of gambling wheels and it had obviously the red and the black kind of spaces all around it and there were numbers obviously all around the edges and it kind of kind of fits in and follows on from what Vic's saying you know I think there are, there are some people who maybe feel like you're almost gambling with life a little bit it's almost like you actually need gifts of faith imparted to you today because at times you feel like you're almost, is God going to do this? Isn't he going to do it? You're not quite sure of where he's kind of leading you and where he's calling you. And there's, there are others of you who actually know where he's calling you and you have that real sense of where he wants you to go and to be walking in. But actually sometimes sin gets in the way because we doubt and we fear and then we end up actually saying, you know what, let's put a load of chips on this number and hopefully that number will come up. I just feel like God wants some people to be able to kind of almost repent and lay that, that kind of attitude and that thinking aside. And he's going to really impart faith 
to you, very specifically about things that he's laid on your heart this morning. So it's not about, about whether I, will I get the black or the red, or will, I get, will my number come up? You know, our number will always come up because of the hope that we have in Jesus, because of that certainty and that assurance that we have. You know, and it's a bit like the black and the red. The red, like Jesus' blood, consumes the black and it makes it white. You know, it's always certain. It's always pure. It's always God's will for our lives if we're kind of walking in him and allowing him to kind of impart and allow that faith to grow in our hearts. Thank you, Zoe. You keep going. So, guys, let me just pray for us and then hopefully we'll get to pray for each other for a bit. So, Jesus, we want to thank you for your example, Lord, of living life in faith on this earth, always trusting your Father, always doing the, the right thing, always hearing perfectly. Uh, and yet the grace and the mercy you give, all those heroes of faith in the Old Testament that you give to us, Lord, as you call us to follow in your footsteps, yet we don't always get it right in so many different areas, yet you urge us on and encourage us on. And just I pray for just a release of faith in this room, Lord God, as we look to you, as we stir ourselves again, say, what is it you're saying to us in areas of life, in family life, in work life, within the church? Lord, what are you calling us to? How are you speaking to us? How do you want us to follow you and obey you? How do you want us to keep going in things? Jesus, will you stir faith for all of us in different ways? Lord, thank you for that sense, Lord, that you um, know what's best for all of us, Lord. I'm in the room now. Like we're the most important person to you, Lord, and we can expect you to bless us and encourage us and strengthen us. And yeah, we pray, Lord, help us now as we just take some time uh, to pray and you know chat about that with different folk, Lord God. Lord, be speaking to us and strengthening us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.